I've got the sparse, the sickness, there's the twins in my brain. The Belgian opening weekend is behind us. It's time for the Italian spring chapter starting off with Strade Bianche. Is it a monument? We'll surely discuss that today and likely for the next five years. However, I'm happy to do that today with Ethan, who's becoming something of a podcast staple this season. How are you doing? I'm very good. Thank you, Brent. How are you? I'm doing all right. A little bit sick again. Uh, it's kind of a a long <laughs> a string of uh, illness. I think having a one-year-old has something to do with it, mm-hmm. uh, especially in daycares. Um, Ethan, you've only missed one recording session this season so far. Uh, still not getting tired of recording with us? Ah, I love to go on the podcast. I get to talk about my ideas about the races, discuss with you guys. It's honestly a real privilege, and I hope the viewers like it as well. Definitely. Because um, we've seen some pretty good viewing numbers as well and listening numbers, so I'm sure they like having you around. All right. Definitely. Um, let's start talking about Strada Bianchi. Um, obviously, the, the big thing this year is the new parkour. Um, it is uh, about 30 kilometers longer, three extra sectors of, of Cerrado, and about 370 meters extra elevation gain. Um, uh, let's just talk through the, the major changes. Uh, we have uh, two times uh, Pinzotto, uh, if I pronounce that right. Uh, so we duplicate that one, and we also have uh, two times Latolfe, um, and then a, a new sector. Obviously, like those two sectors are, are really tough, uh, and they're getting duplicated. And then the Sante Marie climb, which is the hardest climb in the race, uh, moved back from 50Ks before the finish to 80Ks, which uh, many people expect really uh, is going to cause the race to explode even earlier than it has been. Uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on this? I think it's honestly some um, a better addition than last year, to be fair to me, um, because you just want to see action straight from the start, don't you? And with Latolfe, I've seen that it's only 12 kilometers to go after um, the second time round Latolfe until the finish line. So that is going to be someone could go solo or we could really whittle it um, the field down a lot. I think with 15 sectors, it's going to be a lot more attritional. Um, I think like seeing larger groups is going to be less and less likely. Also, with the weather conditions of this week, it's not likely to rain the day itself uh, on Saturday. Um, but we will see uh, quite a lot of rain in the days before. Um, that will uh, definitely change the surface. Um, right. It's going to be... Could Pidcock repeat what he did last year due to the wet sectors? Uh, it's unlikely, considering Monte San Marie is much further out. But it's about who wants to take risks in those sectors. Yeah, I don't think like many of them will, will really be muddy. Uh, I don't think it will have rain enough for that. Um, but of course, uh, if it has a, a, if there's a really big storm on Friday. Uh, who knows? Uh, but on Saturday itself, it, there might be some drizzle, um, but uh, no real rain. Um, yeah. And of course, you you have your risk takers like a Thomas Pitcock, uh, who well just opened up huge gaps last year by taking some some pretty awesome descents. Um, since we're we're talking about uh, Pitcock anyway, let's let's maybe discuss his team because they're 
the Indies Grenadiers is bringing a, a very interesting team uh, to this race. Um, I'll, I'll maybe run through the list. Of course, you have your your Pitcock with number one. Uh, you have Adamsman, uh, Garin Thomas, which I think is a really interesting name that we need to discuss. Uh, Kim Hajduk, uh, Mikhail Kwiatkowski, Salvatore Puccio, and Magnus Sheffield. Reason why I want to discuss Garin Thomas is, first of all, I think originally it was meant to be Bernal here, uh, but they decided to change his schedule after O Gran Camino. Um, uh, do you expect anything from Garin Thomas in this race? Uh, I don't think there's any expectation for him, to be honest. He can just go into it without any. His form in Algar was obviously not the first race. But trying to compete to compete against Pogacar for a win, I don't really see it happening, to be honest. I mean, he's he's gonna try it later in the year in the in the Giro, um, and probably in Tour as well. So, um, yeah, I, to be fair, early season Green Thomas has not been very good for the past couple seasons. Uh, I don't expect that to be different this year. Uh, so, seeing uh, a rider of his stature at this race, uh, it's a interesting uh, addition to his like, calendar. Building up his fitness, really, I'd say. Could be, could be, or maybe he just. I don't think he's ridden to race very often. Maybe once he just in wants 20. to race it. Yeah, he he just feels like racing it. Um, I think in that team you also have uh, a Magnus Sheffield, really interesting for this race. Um, coming up as a as a GC rider inside of uh, Ineos, very strong climber, uh, and recently just got his contract renewed, so he's going to be. Uh, very happy uh, to be going to this race. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's going to be one to watch as well, as well as Timon Aronsman. He's got a nice diesel engine. Maybe he could produce like a, a long-range attack and just follow them, really. Mm. Do you think... Uh, like, I've often heard with, with Aronsman that uh, he needs like um, kilojoules in the legs from like fatigue from previous days so like really in stage races third weeks do you think mm. there could be enough of that in in a one day race with the new added sectors i think possibly this could be just what he needs really in my opinion yeah could be i'm very curious uh, to see it um and yeah let's maybe also talk about the main favorite of this race i, I think uh, well, there, there really is only one favorite of this race, and, and that's uh, someone who's starting off his season with Tadej Pogacar. Um, <laughs> do you rate his chances at 100% sure to win, or, or do you think there's other options? I rate them more than 100%. I'd say 110% he wins. I will promise that he wins. Literally, I'm that confident. Well, bar any bad luck, of course. Well, yeah, the, I'll, I'll, the bad luck is as long as he avoids that, he should walk it up the um, up the final climb, up the ramp. Let's hope that he doesn't turn into wild from 2018. Definitely, oh, but that would be that would be kind of epic as well. Yeah. Um, so the the team for UA is also a, a pretty pretty strong one. Uh, let me just pull it up I, I didn't put it in my notes uh, but i remember it to be quite strong uh with uh Pugacar, del toro baroncini kristen uh hershey novak and wellens that is a, a monument worthy team let's say that's that's nearly a super team i'd say in terms of monuments wellens poof 
and Jan Christen as well. He was impressive today in the Italian race. I can't Laguelia, say the name of yeah. it. Yeah, Laguelia. Until his descending let him down. So. Of course, there is a lot of descending to do in, uh, in Sergio Bianchi as well. So he might struggle there. Uh, but seeing Del Toro here, uh, is that potentially something for him? Or is it just is this an entire team of domestics? I'd say he's, he's the second option in that team, in my opinion, really. I don't know about Wellens, but it's either him or Wellens as the second option. Because Del Toro has that kick you need, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, I mean, Wellens has had Wellens a, as well. a, a great opening weekend. Um, so I wouldn't put it against it, putting in a, a strong performance. He has that, you know... Uh, like long effort uh, power uh, that is also needed for Charlie Bianchi. Yeah, his um, fourth in Classica Jean was proving of that. Yeah, for sure. Um, are there actually opportunities for team play within this race? Because it's become more of a climbers race um, than ever before. Um, can you work with satellite riders here or do you just say like, it doesn't really matter. Peloton's going to ride their pace and strongest guy wins. I think you possibly could work with a satellite rider, yeah. You see teams like Lotto. Lotto have a very strong team, possibly three or four guys it could go with. Gregard could be a nice satellite option for Van Gils or Van Eichfeldt in that race. Yeah, um, I think Van Eichfeldt is definitely going to be the, the rider for them in that race uh, before Van Gils. Um I think Van Gils is a, a little bit less of a climber than Van Eetveld. I think Van Eetveld is going to be the, the preferred option here. But. You have uh, Kron as well. He is a very good climber. Oh, right. Well. Yeah. yeah. So very strong could, team for them. They could pick and choose. Grupama, um, Madoua, Gregoire is... Ooh, Gregor is possibly fifth or fourth favourite, I'd say, in the race. Well, I, I think that's a little exaggeration and I genuinely think he's fifth or fourth favourite yeah he is tremendous talent talent sure but do he, you... he has the ability for it I think as well oh maybe the, the viewers will punish me for this one but I, yeah. I don't think he's he's ready for for a podium yet at Stradibianchi not with the the feel that we have here um um like Talking about the field, we do have two big names that are, are missing that are skipping this race on purpose to be uh, ready for classics later on, which is a really interesting trend. Um, no Wout van Aert, no Mathieu van der Poel. Um, are you going to miss him in this race? Uh, yeah, definitely. You, obviously, I like Wout a lot and van der Poel. So missing them, you don't get that jewel, which they always tend to have in every single race that you do but who will step up and battle Pogacar that is what I want to see mm-hmm. what actually are your thoughts about them uh, skipping this race because it is becoming a race with more and more of a monument allure and, and they're both known for well wanting to win a lot of monuments or, or trying to at least um, mm-hmm. is it is it bad for them to, to skip this not, it's not bad for them to skip this because they've obviously both won it before. So to skip it and focus on other goals for Wout is obviously very good. And Van der Poel, I don't know, he's like 
collecting infinity stones really with monuments so and this type of races we're getting to that about this should this race be a monument yeah um I do wanted to bring up a couple of other names. Um, first is going to be Paulus. Uh, he's been on the pod before. Um, he's in in really good shape uh, in Ogran Camino. He uh, was on a, a solo break in the last stage, but slid out and uh, and crashed out. Um, injuries are, are minor, uh, but do you think he can play a role in this race? Yeah, I definitely believe he can play a role in this race. Is the team that is there to support him, so he could be one to watch. He has definitely has the, all the all the right things for this race. Talking about their team, uh, EF Education, uh, Easy Post. You have Carapaz, uh, Healy, Honore, Petio. A very strong team overall. I I don't know if Palace is really the leader here, but I can see three or four potential leaders. I'd say maybe even the entire team, nearly apart from. Honore, really. Oh, I, th- you I actually think Honore could do pretty good things here as well. But not in the final, perhaps. I, I think we're going to see some nice tactics from them in the race. Um, and then the the last name I also want to bring up was uh, Sergio Aguita. Um, I think he's also a rider to really watch out for. Uh, he has the, the right profile for this race. Yeah, Aguita and Martinez, they could, the Colombian pick and work together. Obviously, Martinez, if he fixes his inconsistency, we could possibly see him in the top 10, the top 5. Yeah, let's see if if Bora has been able to, to crack that code that Ineos has not been able to. Um, and are there any other writers that you want to talk about? I want to pick two in particular, Matti Mohoric and Sepkus. Sepkus is one of my picks for the podium. Uh, that's you know that's a, a really interesting one um considering his performance in Cayenne like he's he's really liking these one day gravel races and honestly he's he's really performing in them um his Malice bike is also well not surprisingly bringing a, a very strong team uh, of course without what fun asked but uh, you have a, a Sepkus, uh, Ben Tullet, uh, Bart Lemon you know it's and maybe also very important to, to mention Attila Walter, who had a amazing race last year, a little bit of a contentious race. Um, but Sepkus in in a, in one day races, I really love seeing it in 2024. Um, podium, I think a podium, especially considering the extra length, it should perfectly suit him, in my opinion. Yeah, sure. The engine, Moharich as well. The descents, could he do a pitcock from last year? I don't really. The Monte Samari being 80 kilometers out is. I mean, there's still plenty of other sectors, right? Yeah, there's other sectors, but in terms of descent where he could get away. Yeah, I think from the moment he has a small gap, he can just also sustain that with his big engine. Um, we saw that he's in, in good form in the opening weekend um, with the, the counterattack in Omlop Nisblot. Uh, in the end, didn't really go anywhere. Um, but still, he's uh, clearly in very good form. So, yeah, perhaps in, um, in the circuit there is a little descent there. I see 
just on the, um, I think the Piazza de Calpo um, is 1.9 kilometers at 5.5%, I see. It's not the Piazza del Calpo. I see. Do you, <laughs> do you have the route map? No, I don't have it. Over there is it a yet. little. There is a little bit of a descent that you could possibly get away there, in my opinion. In the from the in top failure. Just before the Pinzunto. Hmm. Was I mean, little, it's possible. There's a little thing there. I think you could get away. Well. I think everyone will, will watch him for that sector then. Um, you are our Unox expert. Is there any rider from their team that we need to be watching? Uh, hmm. uh, Magnus Court is obviously Magnus Court. You could possibly go and do some crazy breakaway thing. You have Odd Christian Aiken, um, Tobias' brother, Anders, uh, Marcus Hugard. The team is not as strong, I, was, I would say, if Tobias was there. I don't know if he would get much help. But Hifteberg is a good addition for this year. From I think he was from DSM. That's a nice addition for them in terms of this race for a climber. All right. Uh, and... Maybe one writer I do also want to talk about is um, Stephen Williams, the winner of Tour Down Under. Um, obviously, starting off the season with a really good form. Um, can we expect a continuation? Or is was that just a one-time thing? I think you're going to have a good continuation here. He has, for a climber, climber kind of guy, he packs a real punch in a sprint. So if it came down to it and he was there, you never know how good I believe in him. All right. And th- let's maybe just wrap up this discussion. Should Stradio Bianchi be a monument from 2024 onward? Uh, I want to hear your opinion first. I mean, I'm... yes. Uh, at this distance, at this difficulty level, at this uh, field of riders that are, are fighting for it, uh, it it ticks every box for me. Um, the only one it doesn't tick is history. Uh, but like you know, you, you shouldn't let all of that. Um, like you shouldn't let that one thing hold it back. This is an absolutely amazing race, and like riders are making this their their prime goal of the season. Sometimes like you have a Tobias uh, Johannesson who's just saying. Strade is my main goal for the whole se- for the season. Um, of course, he's not going to be able to to fight for it uh, due to injuries. But you pretty much only have that with monuments and grand tours, and that means to me, Strade is a a monument. I think we should look at it like this: fifty years time, I think you the history of this race and the stuff that's going to be produced on the, this race in terms of like winners and how people won. It's all like legend, like legendary, really, aren't they? I'd say some the way some people have won before. Um, so yeah, I also agree that it should be a monument because the start list of people who come here is just incredible, really, isn't it? All right, that's it. Uh, Sorry, Bianchi has our stamp of monument, and we'll call it that from now on. Um, Definitely is. 
I also do want to talk about the women's race. Um, the women's race is also a slightly different course this year. Not a huge change compared to last year. Um, it's one kilometer extra in length, um, but nine kilometers more gravel overall. So um, not that much longer, but quite a bit more tougher with that uh, extra gravel sector. Um, of course, if we're talking about um, women's cycling, we have to talk about one team, um, and that's Z-Works Pro Time. Um, which rider do you think uh, has the most chances uh, on Saturday? I'm going for a back-to-back Demi Vollering. All right, all right. I wish you will pick. Well, I, I do want to talk about a couple other riders first, but uh, I think, I think you know, you have a Vollering, you have a... Uh, Kopecky. I think Kopecky's in a slightly higher form than Vollering right now. Or at least that's what we've seen in the opening weekend. Um, Vollering has done quite a bit of work there for Kopecky, but um, she wasn't able to, to follow. Uh, and actually, Kopecky was isolated um, quite quickly or quite easily in uh, in Omloop Newsblot, um, which was a little odd in my opinion. Uh, some some other riders I also want to talk about is is Nivia Doma. I think this race is is really great for her. It's super difficult for her to win any race, um, but you know uh, it would be amazing. Uh, I think Shirin van Androy and uh, Utrup Ludwig are are also two names to really watch. Um, and I think uh, if I had to give two more, uh, Faulkner who had a, well, she was on the podium last year, but then got taken off due to that, um, what, what was it, a, a glucose meter uh, that she had uh, put on, uh, which was not legal from the UCI. But she won uh, Omnip von Tagland in, in really great form, uh, solo with a 1 minute 40 lead. So that's insane. And then Puck Peterse, um already talked about her uh, in the opening weekend preview, uh, I think she delivered there a really great performance in in Omloop Newsblad um, with eighth place. Uh, also following um, the the group with Kopecky for a long time. How do you uh, think um, the women's race will be won then? Um, I think it will be a solo. Um, it, it's such a hard race. Um, yeah, and I think SD Works is just gonna blow it up. Um, it's not a, a race where you can use uh, like a numerical advantage as much unless it's about pace setting. But even then, no, it, it's such a hard race. Just the best rider is going to win it. Um, yeah. But I, I think with, with the surface, you have a Peterse having maybe a slight advantage. Um, as the technical rider that she is coming out of mountain bike and cyclocross. Um, so I have some some pretty high hopes for looking at top five. Definitely. All right. Um, anything you'd like to add for yeah. the women's race or the men's race? I just hope my prediction of Pogacar doesn't backfire severely. No Nairo and green curse around here, so I hope. <laughs> Definitely. Um, that's always a little bit dangerous with podcasting where you say, yeah, it's 100% sure he wins. And then, well, there's yeah, a crash. I'll touch wood. There we go. Great. Well, 
then uh, it's my honor to wrap up today's Domestic Cycling Podcast. A big thank you for, to our audience for tuning in. If you enjoyed the episode, consider supporting us on Ko-Fi or Twitter. And if you're on YouTube, hit subscribe and turn on notifications. We appreciate your support and look forward to seeing you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you, guys. And I hope to see who you guys pick. <laughs> sure. Bye-bye. I've got the sparse, the sickness. There's me twins in my brain.